Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, 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 man, what's the good word? Oh, well, we missed last week's show. I was a little we sick. Did. My you voice still has been uh, kind of hoarse. I had like some kind of combination cold and sinus infection on top of the, each other. It's it's a lot better. It's actually a lot better. Uh, last week, I sounded like Harvey Firestein. My wife was that's, unable that's to... That's really not what you have. What you have are children. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you homeschool, though, right? So it's not yeah. like they come home with the viruses, the virus, or viri, as my incorrect friends say, the viruses that uh, they bring home from school because they don't go to school, right? So, but they do play with other kids? Yeah, or? not from school, but they do go to, like, church group activities and, and like, homeschool group activities. Activities and and often bring me back something. What so. like donuts? No, something something that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, money! They bring you money. Hey, uh, what what is church? <laughs> it's it's a big building where people uh, avoid paying taxes. Oh, that's right. That's exactly what it is. Hey, briefly, I want to mention that I'm an idiot and that last week we played uh, a song by, uh, two weeks ago, actually, we played a song, two songs by Big Green, but one of them I kept calling Disruption, and that song is actually called Disruptive, not Disruption. So I was close. It was the Van Halen uh, guitar solo? That... No, it was not, and oh. uh, <laughs> that's what that should be called, Deruption. Actually, it should be the name of the Van Halen solo, but yeah, so that song was called Disruptive. And uh, I apologize to Big Green. And, and I think I hear my kitty meowing outside my door. So if you hear a little meow, it's I'm not being mean to my kitty. She just wants in and I'm not going to let her in. Uh, what yeah. else do I have? So I'm listening to the news like last week. And it's so funny that I I heard this because a friend of mine on Facebook made this a status post. People lead, need to learn what the word literally, literally means. So I'm listening <laughs> to public radio. And I think this might have been around election time, you know, in the couple days after and one of the journalists that they had on as a guest on Diane Reem or something said, talking about Romney, you know, saying stupid things. And he said, you know, Romney literally shot himself in the foot when he said that. <laughs> and I said, sounds to me like you need to learn what literally is. Because if he literally shot himself in the foot, he'd be missing a toe or two. But anyway, yeah. yeah. And my friend uh, Celeste on Facebook had said that. She said, I think some of these journalists need to learn what literally means because, you know, that isn't what literally means, but uh, I figuratively wet my pants laughing. That's right, that's right. And you know, really briefly, something that I didn't have on my notes, but I wanted to say was uh, we um, I oh, did I say that I had a Mini Nine crash on the last show? Because we I actually borrowed a laptop to do the last show, right? So I guess yeah. maybe I did. Did I talk about the Mini Nine? Well, I, I got a different so. hard. My my Mini Nine crashed. The solid state drive crashed. I needed to uh, get in a different drive in there, and I did that. And uh, we're all up and well, running on the latest Ubuntu now. So, I'm just glad you were able to find the right part and replace it because oftentimes they make it so that it's just not worthwhile. Like the cost of tracking it down or even even being able to find the right part makes it cheaper to just throw the damn thing out. So Yeah, well, this, this has got a few years left on it. So I know you had some stuff for the intro. Uh, what do you yeah, got? Yeah, I was out getting gas the other day, and I, I happened to, to run into Mitt Romney at the gas station. No kidding. 
It was he was looking a little haggard, and I noticed that he was driving this SUV, and uh, he came out of the convenience store, you know, after he was done uh, fueling, and he was uh, he was loading the whole rear of the SUV with uh, with uh, ho hos and ding dongs, uh, cupcakes and <laughs> Twinkies. It's amazing. Ho hos, ho hos are the bomb. Yeah, I asked him what this was all about, and he said uh, Bain Capital was uh, was looking at a new investment opportunity. Apparently, they're uh, going to be selling um, ex-hostess uh, uh, foodstuffs on, on eBay. For uh, vintage Twinkies for exorbitant prices, gouging yep. as you – so that's, supply and demand. Basically, it's classic yeah. supply and demand economics. Yeah, because he's he, – he muttered – he had to – you know, he didn't get a chance to talk very long, but he – muttered something under his breath about paying back that goddamn billionaire Sheldon Adelson and then Oh right. Now was this did you actually just happen to see somebody who looked like him? Is that what this is is about or are you just making <laughs> <No>. this up <laughs> entirely? <laughs> I'm I'm making it up except that uh, it it is in the news because there have been uh pictures circulating uh by a guy who did shoot Mitt Romney I guess it was in La Jolla, California. La Jolla? Uh, at a gas... La Jolla, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, on a cell phone camera at a gas station looking oh, a little scruffy. Okay. So. You know, years ago, I was at one of those Tasty Freeze type locally owned ice cream places with my friend Matt. And this this was probably 20 years ago. It's gone now, as as you know, happens. But um, there was a guy who looked exactly like Dick Cheney, you know, and he would have been a younger <laughs> Cheney who I guess this, he would have been serving, and this would have been Reagan's administration or maybe the first Bush's administration. I forget now. Wow! But uh, he looked He's just not like an Dick attractive Cheney. man either. Well, you know, he had a little more hair then, and he didn't right. look quite as um, severe looking, you know. But snarling, uh, yeah. So, what else you got? Anything? That's right. He does snarl. Um, my mother-in-law is going into hospice care, and that's kind of a sad thing, but it's something we've been sort of anticipating for a while now. Um, she's been hospitalized many, many times over the last couple of years. She's got congestive heart failure happening and now kidney failure happening and rather than um, subject herself to you know every conceivable treatment including dialysis and all that she's uh, elected to stop her medication and uh, and just get um, palliative care dialysis what is this the dark ages <laughs> i was just watching star trek 4 a little while ago and that was what mccoy said to that woman in the hospital when they were had to go oh. rescue Chekhov. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that, and I, I can say that I have some experience with hospicing. We hospiced my grandmother when I still lived at home years ago. Yeah. We hospiced my grandmother at our house, and you know, cancer was taking her slowly. And I, I will say this: as weird as it sounds, it is actually a, a good experience to have, you know, them in your house. And I, it's not going to be in your house, I, I know, but right. um, having my grandmother there, you know, was not like this torturous oh my god i've got to witness her death you know it was actually yeah, kind yeah. of you know nice having her there in her last uh Did her she last few moments she, well she, she died in our house yeah okay yeah she died in the middle of the night i no one you know the hospice nurse was was watching you know watching her mm. and me and my family were sleeping at some ungodly hour my dad knocked on the door and said grandma just died and i said well do you need anything and he said no go back to bed we'll uh we'll take care of it we'll get we'll get going in the morning but yeah, yeah it's it's not good it's never good. It's never good, but on the other hand, it shouldn't be this huge 
everyone running around with their hair on fire screaming, you know, do something, do something, you know, at some point. Yeah, well, at this point, there's there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah, except just be there and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we did the whole casket shopping thing and that was the first time I'd ever done that. And, you know, it's it's a little surreal, but, you know, it's it's just something you got to do, you know. Yeah. So what else? Anything? Oh, uh, after that sad note, I just I wanted to mention a couple of, of quick entertainment, uh, nerdy entertainment items that I thought you guys might appreciate. Uh, one is that uh, I, w- I stopped at an outlet mall on the way back from Lansing uh, a couple weeks ago. and uh, We used to have those around here, those outlet store malls, but yeah. they, they closed. I almost never, like it had been years and years since I had gone to this place because I try not to be so much of a consumer, you know, that I just go shopping without something specific in mind. But uh, I did stop at, uh, they had a, like a discount uh, DVD, you know, music and DVD store. And another, uh, another uh, separate, like um, a remaindered bookstore, which I did find some neat stuff. Uh, But I got a copy of uh, all of the original uh, Land of the Lost TV series the oh, Sid, I love Sid and Marty Croft series for it was like uh, what is it seven or eight DVDs on in the this set is for, all seasons or all three seasons of the original oh, for nice. ten bucks and I thought okay, holy that's, cow that's a pretty good deal for the kids and I bet they'll like it for the kids I would love to have all those well, seasons exactly. for ten bucks but the kids I thought I bet they might like this I had no idea. Just what, uh, just what rapt devotion the kids would immediately develop for this Land of the Lost series. They well, just watched them over and over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was uh, a very early science fiction influence on me, you know? I mean, right. uh, you know, Star Trek had been off the air for a while. Land of the Lost, not Land of the Lost, uh, Lost in Space had been off the air for a while. And what was there? And, you know, Sid and Marty Croft are just some of the most right. creative people that have ever right. lived. and. You know. So w- watching them as an adult, I am struck by many things. I actually I started writing episode summaries, and I've been contributing to the uh, Land of the Lost uh, wiki. Uh, um, but uh, they are, yeah. The production is so damn cheesy and so funny. Well, it's not how, bad though, given the circumstances in the era. Uh, it's still pretty bad. Like you look at a shot, you know, they cut to a scene that's supposed to be an establishing shot of where the f- characters are and then they cut to a close-up shot of them on a set and then they cut to some additional green screen of them and like they're not <laughs> facing the same way their scale well, is all out fine, of whack but Everything's... let me just tell you this about land of the lost they yeah. built the world before they had green screen they used something called chroma key you remember how like right, in the right. 70s on tv they would put the weatherman in front of the weather map oh, but yeah, you could yeah. see the the hard outline around the weatherman yep the the superimposition outline that was called chroma key and it was an early kind of green blue screen technology and they built the world's largest chroma key studio to to film land of the lost so i mean that show actually had a little bit of a budget and there was a little bit of technology behind it you know and they were implementing chroma key with stop motion and, yeah, and hey yeah. you know harry what was that harryhausen ray harryhausen kind of stop motion that yeah, show wasn't yeah. bad i'm not going to let you knock uh, the, right. the the, the I, technology on on land of the lost because you know it, it was way better than you know doctor who of the same era yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I like some of the scripts. I like the concepts in the scripts, but a lot of the like 
actual writing and dialogue is is uh, well, you know, you've seen it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, go no, back I, and, I've seen them all. And, and watch, I'm watching them again as an adult, and it's a hilarious experience. Season three, I don't think I ever saw season. That was three when as the uncle kid. came. Yeah, and uh, they they vanished the father because apparently he wanted money to have his face on all those lunch boxes, so they just disappeared him. Yeah, I probably had one of those lunch boxes too. Yeah, you me remember too. those little tin lunch boxes we used to absolutely, have? Absolutely, absolutely. They were a huge marketing thing. I probably had a Star Trek one. I probably had a six million dollar. I don't know. I probably had it all. But anyway, so evil that's my evil. funny nostalgia trip. Um, I also wanted to mention a series of uh, of books called the uh, Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Have you heard of of this guy? I've heard of the books, but not the uh, the author. They're uh, urban fantasy. The main character is a guy who lives in contemporary Chicago, and he's a professional wizard. So not uh, you know not super realistic, but on the other hand, the magic is sort of consistent and fun and interesting. And um, I've read the first. Uh, I think I'm just finished number thirteen. Oh, there's, lucky there's thirteen! Quite a few, yeah. So and uh, I keep asking myself, oh, do I really want to read another one of these? Because if you really like uh, sketch them out, they all kind of follow the same plot. And what changes are the details and like the character development? Yeah. But uh, I keep reading because it's something that you can like. They're pretty light. You can read them relatively quickly, and they don't require you know a huge amount of concentration, which is good because I don't have it to give these days. Right. Well, that's cool. I'll check it out. So anything else, or should we jump into two number one? So, uh, yeah, I just want to mention, uh, because my voice is sort of shot and we're both feeling maybe a little uh, tired, we're going to try something different. We're going to go through some quick topics and time them and try to make them as quick as possible and, and even like do a lightning round for some of these topics and sort of try and get through them. So if I say, okay, lightning round, one minute and say the topic, that's that's what we're doing. But yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's play tune one. All right, let's check it out.
So that was a really cool and new band. I mentioned on the last show that we were going to be having a new artist on the on the show, and that was a a track called the narrator or narrator, as uh, Alex Dulage says in a Clockwork <laughs> Orange, your humble narrator. And that was uh, a band called the Donafors out of Canada. And um, Lonnie Ziblatt hit me to them and put me in touch with their singer, and she was kind enough to send me some CDs internationally in the mail. And I love the name of this CD. It's called How to Have Sex with Canadians. <laughs> That's well, what it's uh, called. I have to say she has a beautiful voice. That's a gorgeous song. It I, is a great like song. Them. What a they've groove. They've got to be one of the better artists we featured. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we play a lot of bands, and we we play bands in various states of, I don't know what you'd call it, various states of being, you know. Uh, We've played some garage punk bands with crappy recordings, and we've played some really slick bands with great productions, including some major label artists who were kind enough to let us play their stuff. Those guys, though, the Donafors are just great. I mean, they're as good as anything I've ever heard. Yeah, it's really nice when the performance and the... uh, you know, of a, a relatively unknown band and the recording quality and all that all kind of come together. It's really exciting. So Right. So lightning round? Are we jumping into the lightning round? This is going to be a quick topic, so we're going to do three minutes each. So uh, I'm hitting my lap timer here. So topic one, hostess and the assault on unions. What do you That's think? That's right. Um, well, uh, from what I understand, they made two and a half billion dollars in the last few years and the executives got raises that, uh, equaled millions of dollars and they're just trying to blame this one on the unions again in this post Obama victory climate, anything they can do to knock down the unions or blame the unions and, you know, tie it to socialism, the right is going to do, you know? Yeah. I will say, I don't think that they're... 
the uh, employees and the unions in this are entirely blameless. I think they really should be working to reorganize some of their arcane work rules about deliveries and stuff like that, because some of it sounds pretty difficult. And then there's dozens of, or what was it, many tens of contracts that the that the uh, company has to work with. So there well, is I'm some sure stuff labor there. Has, yeah, I'm sure labor has some room to give, but the company made $2.5 billion. You're telling right. me that's not enough money to work with? I mean, I'm just not buying it. It's kind of a contrived situation, too. They were set up to blame the unions because the company has been in bankruptcy repeatedly, and the previous uh, um, owners, it's been through, like, what was it, six CEOs in eight years or something. The, the previous people have all added a lot more debt. They've made arrangements where they added a lot more debt to the company. The unions have already conceded a lot. They've already given a lot in um, in salary and benefits, some of it voluntarily and some of it against their will and in violation of their contract, like the company started withholding their designated uh, pension contributions to, to the union funds, and, and that's not cool. And then... Right. Uh, at the very last, the CEOs were saying, well, it's the fault of the unions. They were so intractable, they wouldn't uh, agree to this final round of cuts. But actually, if you look into it, they've been telling people that they were going to close at least nine plants for months. So it wasn't, you know, the company was not uh, like it wasn't a, if they had only capitulated a little bit more, the co- entire company could have been saved. It was pretty uh Yeah, a significant portion of the people were going to lose their jobs, and they were going to have to give so much for that to happen anyway. Why vote yes on the contract? And as I understand it, the union voted on it, and it was a majority vote, and they uh, chose not to to go with that contract. So it was a majority vote, and it's a sad and strange thing. That's called democracy, uh, my friend. You know, the the they tried to take it back into. into arbitration and whatnot, but I guess that failed again. That made it kind of a whiplash news story because I kept hearing, oh, really? Was this just a negotiating tactic to get them back into arbitration yet again and all this? But uh, right. no, But the thing is, I think we're both pretty convinced that, you know, the hostess brands will will still exist in some form, even if they're well, manufactured they're in China. Well, they're already reorganizing and doing stuff uh, that I've heard to get them going again. So, And the yeah, CEOs I mean, certainly didn't, uh, the various CEOs and upper management certainly uh, aren't going to be suffering at Christmas. You know, No, gonna... no, not at all. And we all know ho-hos are better than Twinkies anyway. So issue two, what's next? <laughs> what's next in the lightning round? Oh, God, what is it? What is it? Oh, Kevin Clash and Elmo. Gay Elmo. This is another one of the Obama scandals, of course. I'm sure they're going to somehow try to pin this one on Obama. Have you seen the comments on various uh, articles online? They're trying to blame liberals. They're trying to blame gay rights activists. They're trying to blame NAMBLA. They're trying to blame everything. This is actually normal. I'm sure they're, yeah, I'm sure everybody made it onto the list. People are so biased about this in various ways uh, on both sides, and it's it's a weird and sad thing. I wanted to believe that uh, Kevin Clash had the good judgment to not have done anything illegal, but I think you and I, this is a subject you and I might actually sort of disagree on to a certain extent, which is I will hold out uh, judgment saying, to me, it's not really enough that he just um didn't do anything illegal 
I mean, it's certainly enough to, that he shouldn't be prosecuted for anything that wasn't illegal, obviously. But let's say, you know, I mean, I know he was divorced, but he was married. He has a grown daughter. Let's say while he was married, it seems likely that he was having, uh, he was having affairs, you know, sexual relations with uh, men who may technically have been legal, but that's to be determined. Uh, I don't right. think that's cool. Well, we're I think not, that's we're enough not being- of... Yeah, I see what you're saying. We're not being critical of him uh, because uh, he had affairs. You're just saying out of wedlock would have been better. Um, I was. I would go so far as to say that um, for him to be hanging out and uh, uh, patronizing these uh, like uh, rent boys, these gay prostitutes, I, I don't. That's doesn't. That's not really this. Especially when there's an enormous age difference. Whether whether you know they were technically of the age of consent or not, an enormous difference in age and power. He's setting himself up to be blackmailed, especially since he wasn't even out for many years. Right? Yeah, well, I would agree that it's a bad choice if he didn't. If he did something illegal, I yeah, I I, I have an issue with it. If he didn't do anything illegal, whatever. There's a sex industry in our country. Right. Except move on. I don't know the the. But just in the position he was in, um, I understand why people are. Are, are a little sensitive to this. I, I don't right. uh, endorse their bigotry, but he's you essentially can kind an of, educator. Uh, you know, he's essentially yeah. an educator and has access to a lot of young children, and it, it, I can understand how people are disturbed. Yeah, there's no ties to any, you know, yet to any uh, indiscretions with youngsters. So I, I'm, I, we can't go there yet. But no, let's let's hope that 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 didn't happen as well. Well, we'll so. we'll know eventually. But yeah, he, he yeah. he's an adult who made some bad choices. And uh, it affected not only him; it, it stains the children's television workshop a little bit too. Not his homosexuality, because they were in, in complete support of that. Mm-hmm. But you know these these torrid affairs. You know, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's about a little homosexuality. Seedy. Although here's yeah. an aspect in which it is about homosexuality: uh, the fact that there's still so much of a stigma and whatnot, and that culture is still, especially since a lot of this happened years and years ago, is so far underground. That makes it more likely that he'll be associating with people who are in a position to blackmail him and maybe do have criminal records and whatnot. Right, but that's not about sexuality in the sense that we're condemning him for his sexuality. That's about sexuality in the sense that we're still living in the 17th century with our sexuality, and uh, we need to uh, free ourselves of these these bonds. Yeah, I don't uh, condemn him for for, for that. Anyway, okay, uh, topic three for the quick round, curiosity breaking news. What do you think? Right, we don't, I, we don't I, have the official announcement yet. What do you What do you think it's going to be? Well, um, you know, I did a little googling, and I'm not really uh, that well versed on uh, what signs they could look for for microbial life or fossilized life. But a bunch of people were speculating that it could be uh, calcium carbonate, which is a, a good a pointer to the fact that there is fossilized potential fossilized life there. So beyond that, I mean, if, if it's just, oh, we found evidence of an old uh, aquifer and there used to be liquid water on Mars, I'm going to be really disappointed because they are saying that this one is going to go down in the history books, this find. And all I have to say is it better be better than 1994 when they said they found those microbes on that meteorite, ALH uh, 84001. Yeah, and that wasn't and it, really conclusive, was it? Yeah, they came out early. And it better be better than what they were saying only six or seven months ago when they were saying uh, they believe that uh, they can find arsenic-based life, you know? Oh, and yeah. that was that was pre... So what do you think? 
Oh, well, first, I think that, you know, as far as the ordinary population goes, they're like, hey, they're going to announce they found life on Mars. I'm like, no, they may, to, you know, you got to understand to scientists, very exciting means like, oh, we've detected trace amounts of methane in the Martian atmosphere. And so my guess is actually methane, which again, like it's sort of a biomarker, it's associated with the existence of bacterial life. So these right. things will point to like single cell, the past existence of single celled organisms on Mars. And that is, that is very exciting. Well, it is, um, yeah. And that would be exciting to me. That would be oh, – I would expect a little more for them to say this is going to be in the history books. But that to me, that's one notch below. This is, you right. know, uh, life-changing. But uh, so uh, issue four, five, anything else or is it my topic now? Uh, let's do let's do your topic now. Okay, so uh, last week I must have been in a slightly foul mood, and you, of course everybody knows about the Lance Armstrong scandal, the Johan Bernil doping scandal. Johan Bernil was his team director, what they call the director sportif of the team. He plans the tactics and he heads the team, and you know makes the choices on how they're going to attack the stage tactically and, and everything like that. So. And I follow Johan and Lance on Twitter, and uh, although one of those was taken care of. But um, Johan posted, hey, my family and I just got back from this beautiful place in Scotland or something, and he did a twit pic where you can see the picture that he was posting, and it was of this very lavish castle that he spent a couple weeks at with his family, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just, after the whole doping scandal, and granted, he's fighting it, and he hasn't been um, uh, censured yet or punished yet, but if Lance was doping, Johan had to know about it. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's there, there's no chance Johan is going to be cleared when, when his uh, hearing comes up. But I tweeted under the picture, and I said something like, um, you know, it disgusts me that you live lavishly with ill-gotten monies while people are starving in the world and other people are homeless and living in boxes. And my message Absolutely. was deleted. Absolutely. I was... I was banned, not banned, but he blocked me, you know, so that I couldn't see his status updates anymore. And of course, all you have to do is log out and you can still read his Twitter updates. So it's no (laughs) big deal. But I am linking on the blog to uh, the post that he said in all of the derogatory comments and overwhelmingly all of the comments were derogatory, by the way, and negative about that. But it just bothers me that he has these millions of dollars that he doesn't deserve. And he's just living lavishly while people are starving. And then uh, that got John, the old, uh, your former, uh, your predecessor on the show, that got uh, John and me chatting really briefly online and it turned to sports enhancing drugs. And so John has a contribution to the podcast today. And John said, you know, I'm starting to change my mind on this stuff. Of course, if competitors agree to abide by rules, then they should be they should do so or face the consequences. But in terms of basic, basic sportsmanship, I definitely think we should be looking at human performance like motorsport performance. If someone can engineer better blood or better muscles, how is that different than engineering lighter bikes and high-tech aerodynamic stuff? Why is it okay to use the lighter equipment to gain a few seconds, but it's not okay to increase oxygenation of blood to gain a few seconds? And, you know, he then went on to talk about how, you know, uh, you wouldn't use the drugs that are proven to be detrimental to your liver and your body. But if you can extract some blood cells, wait a few weeks till your body recoups those blood cells and then sure, re-inject your sure. blood cells, it probably isn't as detrimental as doping on these strong drugs, which have to be filtered by your liver and, and all that. And I mean, I, sure. certainly there's a lot to say about that. But my take on it is simply this. If we're going to let everybody dope to, to even the playing field, why don't we just have nobody dope and the playing field to be level anyway? Um, and that's where I think we ought to be. So really briefly, you know, what do you have to say about that? 
Oh, it's um, I I'm with you actually. I think we shouldn't dope. I think it's a it's a slippery slope. You start letting people modify their bodies and systems. I should say also, you know, we're already kind of cyborgs in the sense that everyone has technology in their bodies. You know, fillings and vaccinations and pacemakers, artificial limbs. Yeah, that that's that's actually another controversial one. I'll just mention really briefly. You you might have. You know, in, in some cases for a very specific, let's say a distance athlete, a distance runner, if that runner has a high-tech limb that's much lighter and more flexible than a human leg, that could give the person an advantage in some sport. So that's actually, that's a controversial, or should we ban that? Well, they already let that in the Olympics. That South uh, African runner with the carbon fiber blade feet was allowed right, to compete. Right. And he got his doors uh, kicked in, so it's not like he did so great. But, I mean, yeah. and then the final thing that I'll say on this topic is, but it raises so many questions that are impossible to answer. When do we start letting our kids do this? And is it just professionals right. that do this? There's so many questions. Why don't, again, if we're going to let everybody dope to equal level the playing field, why don't we just have no get to a place where nobody dopes and then the playing field will be as level no, as it possibly dopes. can be right so you want to jump into uh tune number two yeah let's let's go ahead and jump into tune number two i'll save a couple lightning round items for uh, afterwards all right let's check it out
Sweet. That was uh, Miss Rose and her rhythm percolators. We played them before. They do all that 1920s and 1930s music, uh, and Very they perform fun. that. Very fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. I love that. Originally composed by Milton Ager, Ager and Jack Yellen. Cool. So very cool stuff. So lightning round part two, what do you got? Lightning round, one minute each. Okay. Uh, tea party. Judson Phillips wants to uh, basically uh, overturn the election results by uh, having the electors refuse to go to Washington to form a quorum, in which case the presidential election would be tossed to the House for president and Senate for vice president. What you got? Yeah, I've I've heard that before. They were talking about that with... um Hillary Clinton during the primaries for the 08 election, you know, and it's just it's just never going to happen. It's it's it's, it's, it's all bluster. They're, they're, to, to use a phrase that I like to use, they're talking out of their fucking ass. It's never going to happen. Apparently, it's also uh, they may have gotten they have misinterpreted the Constitution anyway, so that may not even be possible. But man, right. I just have to think. Not just sore loser, but verging on traitorous, you know. Well, and to it's just wishful thinking. everyone, right. You know, so many times these people on the right, you know, throw this stuff out there and it's just, it's just horribly wishful, hopeful thinking that's yeah. never, it's a fantasy and it's never going to happen. So what, whatever sticks. Okay, number two, secession mania. Are you going to secede? <laughs> well, New York doesn't want to secede, but Texas I, I, Texas has been talking about seceding for uh, at least six or seven years, probably more. So this isn't uh, recent. And I say let them. All the gun fanatics and uh, pro-business maniacs and all of the fanatics and the whatever, they can move to Texas and they can be their own country. And we'll just see how well they survive. If all the red states seceded, we would actually get rid of the bulk of people who are on food stamps. And the bulk of states that are net drains on the the uh, GDP rather than contributing more in taxes right. than they get back. And if so, you asked most people if that were true, the, the food stamp stuff, they would say no. no. They would say no. They don't know that. So, yeah. What's okay. next? Uh, com. Apparently, the guy who had the unskewed polls website has decided that now he's going to prove that uh, there was so much election fraud that actually four states uh, should have gone to Romney. <laughs> well, here's what I wish him. Good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, retractions. We've seen some interesting retractions in the news. So Papa John had gone on a rant about Obamacare and how this was going to cost everyone more in their pizza and whatnot, and he was going to figure out how to pass on these costs. But now he's sort of backed away from that and says that he's actually going to fund health care for his employees. Isn't that interesting? I wonder, I wonder did yeah. he have a change of heart? 
I don't know. Does he have a heart? Is he the Tin Man or the Lion? The Lion. I forget. But Well, in, in any case, we've stopped ordering from Papa John's and we're now getting nachos from a local place. Although we might start back up if he actually goes through and, and provides health care to all his employees. I think we might start supporting them again. Yeah. What else? Okay. Last. Well, also similar retractions from John McCain on Benghazi, but we'll just let that sit. Let's just say he's backing down a little from his unfounded accusations about uh, the scandal that wasn't. Okay, Black Friday and Walmart. Yeah, that's right. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So uh, have you've heard about the strikes. I have heard about the strikes. Well, I mean, this goes back to a movie called The Big One by Michael Moore, where he was encouraging uh, different kinds of stores like Walmart and stuff to organize and, and get more uh, to unionize. So this is uh, just a continuation of that. You don't do any Black Friday shopping, do you? I, I, I would never go near any of those places on Black Friday. I mean, I, there's right. a million reasons why, too. Around here, it's just too busy. Uh, I, I, these people who get up at 4 a.m. to be at the doors by 6 a.m. so they can push people out of the way to save a few dollars. On I think people some, are already camping out in some places. Yeah, That's people crazy. who see shopping as sport need their head examined and yeah, have at yeah. it, but you, you're probably no one I'll ever talk to, and I'll never do it. Well, we were discussing, Grace and I were debating whether we're going to go down to Flint on Friday and march in support of uh, of the picketing there at the Walmart. I don't think they're doing it here. I don't know if we're really going to do that because of our family obligations. I think we need to be around here in case things right. uh, are needed with my, my mother-in-law. But anyway... We, we might, because I have done that kind of thing before, and so has she. But uh, Well, f- speaking of Michael Moore, that's, that's Flint, right? Yeah, definitely. All right. That's all I got, man. All right. You, you're going to have a good Thanksgiving? We're going to try, you know, going with the family. Hopefully, uh, you'll do the same. And yep, uh, In fact, I did some, some last-minute shopping to pick up some gluten-free items for the meal that I will bring for myself. Cool. But, uh, I guess that's a show, man. That's a show. This is Rich Wilgus in uh, warm Utica, New York. It was 58 or 59 today. Yeah, it's not been bad here either. I'm Paul Potts in Saginaw, Michigan. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And leave us some voicemail, 206-376-0397. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.